welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Did you know, yesterday I had my little nephew's birthday party, little Harrison Turnwald, and in, a, in every kid's birthday party, they pull out the old faithfuls. You know the, you know the good old party games, the old school party games? Pass the parcel, that's the exact one that we played. I love pass the parcel. The unfortunate thing was because I had to sit in proxy for my daughter, my daughter got the prize. Arr. Mind you, it was perfume and chocolate. So I flogged the chocolate, she kept the perfume. No joke, she's 16 months old and she loves that stuff. It's like it's not been taught. She just loves perfume. She loves to smell that stuff. Anyway, getting it in there, old school games, you know, pass the parcel. Who, who loved playing pass the parcel when they were little? Who loves playing pass the parcel now that they're a little bit older as well? One of my favorite games that I used to love playing is Simon Says. What? No one likes Simon Says? British Bulldogs. So I figured, I figured because Sunday night is a, to, a way to shape it up a little bit, I figured tonight we'd start the night with a game of Simon Says, hey? Who's up for a game of Simon Says? Cool. So stand to your feet. Come on. Thank you very much, Says. All of you guys can sit down because I didn't say Simon Says, so you stuffed it. <laughs> look at the look on Josh's face. Yeah, you stuffed it. <laughs> okay, for everyone who didn't, who didn't stand up then, if you could stand to your feet as well. <laughs> I, I so knew that was going to get someone. I was, sit, I was sitting there as I'm practicing my message, just preparing. I'm sitting there going, I really wonder how this is going to go. Because I'm sitting there going to go, okay, everyone stand to your feet. And I just envisioned a room of everyone just staying seated. And I'm going to go, well, that backfired, didn't it? <laughs> but the reason why I wanted to play Simon Says is to highlight a little illustration. Isn't it amazing how such a simple game with such simple rules can become so difficult for people? Clearly, as Seth just discovered, <laughs> something which, has, which is so simple, yet the outcome of it and the outworking of it in so many people becomes really, really difficult. It's simple. Stand to your feet. No, you didn't say Simon Says. Okay, Simon Says, stand to your feet, and up you go. And yet it catches so many people out. Just recently, I was, I was pondering on that thought of the simplicity of our Christian faith. And I was thinking about it going, why is it that so many people seem to get this thing caught around in their head? When you read your Bible and God makes it so simple, the crux of Christianity, it's such a simple message, yet when it comes to the outworking of this, of this awesome Christian life, we struggle with it. And I thought about it going, well, well, why is that? And if you read in your Bible, here we go. I've got my Bible with me. Have you got your Bibles with you? Cool. Did you know that in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, there are over 600 laws. 
In other words, rules and regulations that God laid down to say, you know what, this is the way I want you to live. 600 of them. Now, some of these laws are pretty obvious laws, and they're pretty good ones. I think do not murder is a good one up there. I'm sure you'd all agree, do not murder, yep, that's a keeper. We'll keep that one in there. We'll put that up the top somewhere because that's pretty important. And then you've got other ones like do not steal. I'm sure we'll all agree. Stealing, not exactly high on our agenda. Don't like to have stuff stolen from us. But there are some weird ones in here. Like really, really abstract laws that when you read them, you're kind of left scratching your head going, God, why on earth is that in there? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse 11. And of course, I just took my finger out the page and I've lost it. Okay, Simon says, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 11. While you're doing that, I'm going to open my water. Here we go. Let's have a read. If two men are fighting, it's not like men to fight now, is it? No. If two men are fighting and the wife of one comes to them to rescue her husband from his assailant. What a noble wife she is. I'm sure every man sitting there going, I do not need my wife to fight my battles for me. Reading on. If two men are fighting and the wife of one comes out to rescue her husband from his assailant and she reaches out and seizes him by the private parts. How's that for a part? Here we are. we got two guys having a bit of a brawl. The wife of one comes out. Don't worry, my dear. I'll save you. And grab a, grabs the other dude on the Johnny. <laughs> Go the old squirrel grip. How's the next part? You shall cut off her hand, show her no pity. Now, I bet you didn't think that was in the Bible, did you? You all learned something new today. If two men are fighting and the wife of one... Say it again. If two men are fighting and the wife of one comes out to rescue her assailant by grabbing him on the private parts, you should cut off her hand, show her no pity. That says two things to me. One, I'm so glad I'm a man. (laughs) And the other thing is, it makes me sit there and scratch my head going, what the? (laughs) Really, when you sit there and you go, okay, with laws like that, I can understand now why some people get it around their head. So if you would, let's just flip forward a little bit to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. See, here we have a situation where there's a whole pile of guys and they're questioning Jesus on this very fact. 600 laws, Jesus. Come on, that's a lot. Which one of these? Are you expecting us to kind of live up to all of these 600? It's kind of like, what's the deal with that? So it says, and it should be up on the screen, hearing that Jesus had silenced the the Sadducees, I'm on a roll tonight, hey. 
hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 600 narrowed down to two. What Jesus is saying here going, yes, 600, there's a lot in there. But I'm here to tell you that it's not that hard. If you stick to just these two simple commandments and you stick at these wings faithfully, then you, my friend, will be able to have the hand of God upon you, have the face of God smiling down upon you. Why? Because these are the two things that all those other 600 hang on these two. Love God and love people. So tonight... I really just want to look at this because today, what does it mean to be a Christian today? It means this, based upon what Jesus has said, to be a Christian today, to be a Christian yesterday, to be a Christian tomorrow is just two simple laws. Love God and then love people. So how do you love God? When I was a a young Christian and I read that verse, I thought, to be honest, I found a bit of a hole in it. How do you love someone that you can't see? And how do you love someone that you can't touch? See, for me, I've been married to a a beautiful young lady by the name of Kelly for five years. And it's been five years of interesting behavior, to say the least, on my behalf. She has been an absolute perfect angel for the last five years. Absolutely nothing wrong. Me, on the other hand. But five years, we've been married. And for me... To love Kelly, it's really, really easy. She's easy on the eyes, so it's good to look at. But that's the important thing. I can see her. I can talk with her. I can spend time with her. Me and Kel, we have a 16-month little daughter, and we've got another one on the way, which is really cool. And I think it just goes to prove that I can touch her. (laughs) Just thought I'd throw that one in there. But for me to love my wife, it's pretty simple. I can see her. I can talk to her. I can, I can have her conversations with her. If I want, I can grab her, jump in the car. We can go down the beach and have nice strolls along the beach. And all these things are awesome ingredients for having a great relationship. How do you do that with God? It's not like I can grab God and say, hey, God, jump in the car. Let's go down the beach. And, you know, me and God take a, a, a moonlit, well, not moonlit, but... A nice stroll down the beach at sunset. But the reality is the same principles apply to God as they do in our natural relationships. If you want to love God and if you want to fall in love with God, the same principles apply. You need to spend time with God. You need to talk with God. You need to find out what God likes and then do those things. You need to you need to talk, walk, do whatever it is that you would normally do with your partner. You need to do that with God. Spend time reading the Word. Spend time praying. But Jesus kind of makes it a little bit easy for us because He doesn't just say, love God. He kind of lays down three key areas for us when it comes to loving God. He says, I want you to love God 
And what he actually responds to, he doesn't actually just uh, list off a, a couple of cliches that sound really good so that when the, the teachers of the law ask him a question, it's like, oh, I'll show them. How's this for an answer? And then just list off a whole pile of cliche, cool, fad sayings. No, he actually goes back to the Old Testament and he quotes Deuteronomy 6.5. And he says, if you want to love God, then you've got to love God with all of your heart. And you've got to love God with all of your soul or mind. And you've got to love God with all of your strength. So we're going to just have a quick look at these three things. What it means to love God with all your heart. See, in the Bible, when the Bible refers to a person's heart, it's not necessarily talking about the physical organ that's within their body. It's referring to who they are as a person. When the Bible says, love God with all of your heart, what God is saying to us is that He wants us to love Him, uh, love him with everything that we are. With every single core being of who we are as a person, devote that to God and love Him with everything that you've got. Love God with all of your heart. See, this is the thing. It's so easy to come to church on a Sunday. We've got great people in this church. And there's a lot of people here that love God. And we've got great musos who did a great job tonight, by the way. And the lighting guys. I was, oh man, did you see the lighting? Guys, at the back, you did a fantastic job tonight. Just want to get that in there. But it's so easy to come to church where there's people that are passionate for God, where there's an awesome band and a great atmosphere that sets a platform for you to be able to say, God, I love you. But here's the question. Monday morning when the band's not there and you're kind of tired because you didn't go to bed late, you didn't go to bed early and it's kind of early mornings because you've got to go to work and you kind of roll out of bed or if you're like me, you snooze out of bed. Do you still love God then? Or do you need the music to be striking up the tune to say, oh God, I love you? Or are you one of those kind of people that it's kind of like, oh, Monday's here. Oh, I can't wait till Wednesday because that's Connect Group. Or is it kind of like Monday when you wake up, praise God. I love you, Lord, with everything that I've got. And then Tuesday when you wake up, praise you, God. I love you with everything that I've got. And the same is on Wednesday and the same is on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. You're not just a Christian on Sunday, but Monday to Sunday, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you're hanging out with. Your claim is that I am a Christian and that my heart is dedicated to God and I love Him with everything that I have. To love God with all your heart means it doesn't matter where you are. And it doesn't matter who you're hanging around. Oh, I'm hanging around these group of people and I know that they're really Christians and they live this thing. So therefore, if I'm hanging around them, I need to talk the talk and I need to say what's proper so that they'll accept me. No, it doesn't matter. If you love God with all your heart, it doesn't matter the circumstance or situation. You praise God and you love Him with everything you've got. The next one is you love God with all your heart. You love God with all your soul. Now, Matthew says with your mind. In Deuteronomy, it says with your soul. But it's referring to the same thing. It's referring to your preferences. Because your, your soul and your mind is the thing, uh, is the part of you that determines what you like and what you will choose. In other words, it's your soul that determines whether you like Port Power, 
Or if you like the crows. It's your preferences. It's, it's what's making you barrack for St. Kilda or for Collingwood. It's what makes you choose Maccas over Hungry Jacks. Why you do that, don't know. It's the thing that would make you drive a Ford instead of a Holden. It's about your preferences. So to love God with all of your soul, with all of your mind, means that not only in every situation, in every circumstance, will you, will you love God, but in every circumstance, you will also choose God. Because this is the thing, so many times we can come up against situations and circumstances and there's an option. You wake up on a Sunday morning with a bit of a sniffle, a bit of a headache. Oh, I don't feel like going to church this morning. And usually we'll spiritualize it by going, oh, you know, I just, I don't want to pass on what I've got to other people. But all we are people that says, rain, hail or shine, I'm going to the house of the Lord today. I'm going to go fellowship with other believers. I'm going to come down the front and raise my hands in worship. Why? Because my God is bigger than my sickness and I'm going to choose to praise Him even though my circumstance dictates other. I said this message to our young guys and I'm going to say it again. Sometimes when it comes to youth on a Friday night, you're going to have parties. And you're going to have other options. For us as adults, it may be other things. It may not necessarily be a mate's 18th. But there are going to be things that are going to come up in your life. And you're going to have to choose, do I go to that party or do I come to church? Do I go to that other option or do I choose God? And to choose God is loving Him with everything that you've got, soul and mind. Now, this is a very important thing that I want to say. Sometimes those other options are good options. Sometimes they can be good options. But as spirit-filled believers, as Christians, we've got to be able to discern the difference between a good option and a God option. See, we can have so many good options in life. It could be a pay rise at work, a promotion into a new role. But will that new role be at the expense of you having an impact in the local church? Will it be at the, uh, at the expense of you making an impact into your friend's life, which you've been working on for ages and ages to get them to church? But all of a sudden, although you're making more money, all of a sudden you don't have the available time to keep investing into this person. We've got to recognize the difference between a good option and a God option. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. In other words, when we go after the God option, God takes care of all the good options. It's so important that as people, we don't neglect the God option. And I'm not just saying that because, oh, well, you've got to come to church because, you know, that's what you do. We need the numbers. You've got to come, otherwise we're out of a job. No, it's got nothing to do with numbers. It's got nothing to do with what's needed. 
It's about what the Bible says about neglecting the fellowship of the believers. Here in the house of God, you get encouragement. You get built up. When you're in a down time in your life, you can get around other believers that can stand with you and pray and uphold you. When times are tough and circumstances dictate a certain thing and you're feeling downtrodden, you can come down the front. You can lift your hands. You can worship the living God and He will come and impact and intervene in your life. That's why we got to pick the God option over the good option. And the third thing is to love God with all your strength. Loving God with all your heart is to love Him with who you are. Loving God with all your mind is to choose God in every circumstance. But to love God with all your strength is in our actions. Do we love God in everything that we do? Some people think that worship is just when we sing songs and, and we, la- we, we raise our hands and raise our voice. But worship is more than just singing. Worship is everything that we do for the glory of God. It's when we see the bit of paper on the floor and we pick it up because our actions saying, I love God enough for that piece of paper to not remain on the floor. It belongs in the bin, so I'm going to do it. It could be in the menial stuff like that, but at the same time, It could be the person stuck on the side of the road, stopping in the midst of our busy schedules to see if they need a hand. James writes, I will show you my faith by what I do. In other words, we need to be a people that don't just talk the talk, but we need to be a people that walk the walk. And in everything that we do, we show that we love God. We show it by the smiles on our faces by getting out of our comfort zones and going over to the new person and saying, G'day, how you doing? My name's Drew. Pleased to meet you. Tell me a bit about yourself. What brings you here this morning or this evening? Those are the actions that say to God, I love you. Now, I'm not advocating anything to do with salvation and that works means that you're going to get closer to God. But it's like in any relationship, if you love someone, You'll do whatever it takes for that person. So love God. We've got to be a people that just love God, that fall madly and passionately in love with God. What does it mean to be a Christian today? It means that you love God with everything that you are. It means that you love God with everything that you could possibly do. And it means that everything that you put your hands to, you do it for the glory of God. But it says the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is an interesting thing because when Jesus says the second is just like it, what he's actually implying is if you do not do the second one, I'm sorry, you can't do the first one. The first one and the second one are intrinsically linked and you cannot have one without the other. You cannot sit there and say, God, I love you with all of my heart, all of my soul and all of my strength and not love people. Jesus says the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've got to be a people that just are madly and passionately in love with other people. If you ask God, what's the one thing that he loves the most? It's the world. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that who would ever believe in him 
would not perish, but have eternal life. God loves every single one of us. He made us. He fashioned us. He formed every one of you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the number of them. He formed you and fashioned your identity. He knows every single one of us. And I'm not just talking about everyone in this room. I'm talking about the thousands of people that are out there. And God is saying, if you love me, then you'll love them. And you'll love them just the way you love me. You'll love them with all of your heart. You'll love them with all of your strength. And you'll always choose them. Because let's face it, people are people. And they come in all different shapes and sizes. They come in all different sizes of smells as well. You know that person, don't you? When it's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm Andrew. Pleased to meet you. We're humans. We have our preferences. I'm going to be real. There are times I'll sit there and I'm like, Jesus, help me. Really need your help right now? Because that person really doesn't look like my preference of friend or person to talk to. But you know what? God saved me. And he wants to save that person. So who am I to say, no, I'm not going to go talk to that person. If Jesus gave his life for me, he gave his life for that person. So Andrew, get your button gear, walk over, say g'day, introduce him, go buy him a coffee, do whatever it takes. And you know what? If their breath stinks, if they've got a bit of BO, who cares? You know, honestly, in light of this person's life, Who knows what this person may be going through? This person may be at their wit's end. They may be right at the end of uh, of themselves. And this is their very last attempt of sanity. So they're going to go, yep, I'm coming to church because I've tried everything else. I've tried it in my own strength. And if this thing doesn't work, I've had enough. Yet no one talks to them because they don't look the way that we want them to look or they don't speak the way we want them to speak, or they don't smell the way we want them to smell. No, we need to be a people that get out of our comfort zone and love people. An interesting thought is this. For a relationship to grow closer, you need to do things together. Now, Jesus has stated that To love God, you need to love people. People are the things that God loves. So therefore, to get closer to God, you actually have to love people. Me and my wife, we have our differences. Just last night, we figured we've got the night off. It's an early night. Let's go get a movie. Now for me, I'm a man. If I go to the movie store, there's a certain type of movie that I want to watch. And it has guns. And it has bigger guns. And it has fast cars. And it has lots of explosions. You know the movies I'm talking about? Unfortunately, I haven't been. There's a movie out. It's called The Expendables. It's got Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. As a little kid, I dreamed for the day that I would see all of them in one movie. Apparently, Schwarzenegger's in it for like 30 seconds. But still, he's in it. But that's the kind of movie that I want to watch. Big guns and bangs and explosions and blood and guts and all that kind of stuff. So I'll go to the movie store and I'll be like, ooh, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. 
But ultimately, I find myself walking out with a chick flick. Brownie points, just there. There is a, there's a the DVD that we have at our house, and I swear it's got a burn mark in the DVD. It's been played that many times. How to lose a guy in 10 days. The only saving grace that I have in that movie is Matthew McConaughey. Boy, that boy's tank. That's an inspirational moment just there. <laughs> but that would have to be the ultimate chick flick. And the amount of times I've sat there and watched it, and then I've watched it again, and I've watched it again. (laughs) Yeah, but we won't tell anyone that. (laughs) And this is the thing. I'm watching the movie. Come on, I've gone that far that I'm watching the movie, but no, we'll sit on the couch. And then I'll find a hand on my face. And then a finger in my ear or or pulling on my hair. Because it's not about watching the movie. It's about giving me attention. And I'm like, come on. I'm watching this movie. Is that not enough? My point is this. Is that my preferable thing to do? No. But I will watch that movie for the sake of building our relationship. There are going to be people that you encounter at this church that you will not like. Let's be real. There may be things about their personality that drive you up the wall. There may be circumstances and situations and habits that they have that will drive you bonkers. (laughs) But this is the thing. If you value your relationship with God, then you do it. And you do it with a smile on your face. And you do it with joy in your heart. Why? Because you know this is going to get me closer to God. And ultimately, it's going to get this person closer to God. So what does it mean to be a Christian today as the band comes? We're going to finish early tonight because, well, let's face it, the Formula One's on tonight. I mean, seriously, who cares about the AFL Grand Final? Go Mark Webber! Even though he's on fifth, but still, Vettel and Lewis Hamilton will probably take themselves out. So, What does it mean to be a Christian today? Really simple. Simple philosophy, simple principles. And if we get these things right, does it mean that everything will be rosy? No. But it does mean that we'll please God. And if we have the favor of God in our life, What can stop us? Love God and love people. Bunch of Christians, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. All you want is my money. No, all we want is you. We want to get to know you. We want to find out more about who you are. We want to find out about what you like, what you don't like. We want to introduce you to this wonderful thing called coffee. We want to know how you're struggling so that we can rally around you and stand with you. You want to know the awesome thing? We had three people give their lives this morning. Four. 
Four people give their life. I just found out there's four, but of the three that I know of, in talking with them, they had nowhere else to go. They're at the end of themselves and the timing was right. What a privilege. What an absolute privilege when people come into this place and they've got nothing, no hope, nothing left. And we have the ultimate privilege of extending the hand and saying, welcome. Welcome to something which is unbelievable. Welcome to a family, a family led by a heavenly father who is above all, beyond all you could ever hope, dream or imagine and loves you more than you could ever understand. What a privilege. And yet here we are, but they smell funny. Don't you see what we would miss out on if we, if we stay in our comfort zone? Yet Jesus says, love God, love people. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.